It's time for Outside the Box with Lincoln Stars head coach Rocky Russo and Lincoln Stars broadcaster Joel Norman on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back to another edition of Outside the Box as we're talking Lincoln Stars hockey, of course, being presented to you by Raising Canes. I'm Joel Norman, the broadcaster for the Lincoln Stars, and as always, the head coach of the Stars, Rocky Russo, with us. We want to have you be a part of the show. Give us a call on the Honda of Lincoln Hotline, 402-464-5685, or text us on the Sarter Hammond text line, same number, 402-464-5685. you got any questions for Coach about the Lincoln Stars. Rocky, not the weekend you guys wanted. Uh, lost to Omaha, uh, lost to Tri-City the game after that. We figured at some point reality would set in and there might be a few losses on the schedule after some great play to begin the season. But uh, it, you know, I think the one thing it presented, it gave you guys, and it's something you talked about, it was an example of an opportunity that, hey, you know, we're going to lose some games and this is a learning p- moment early in the season. What's the biggest thing you learned about the team and you think they're going to take away from this past weekend? Oh, you know what? I'm really distracted by now, right now. And, and uh, I know this is supposed to be a hockey show and, and we're supposed to talk about the Lincoln Stars, and I understand that. But um, I got in my car this morning and I turn on the radio and and I have XM Radio, Sirius XM Radio, and, and Channel 55 used to be the, the Garth Brooks channel and, and now they changed the name to Red, White, and Booze. Okay. And so Red, White, and Booze was on my, my radio station when I shut the car off on October 31st. And when I turned it back on on November 1st, it's Country Christmas. <laughs> and and I found uh, one, two, three, four Christmas stations blasting Christmas music November 1. Yeah. A solid, we're getting, we're getting a solid seven weeks of Christmas music. And... There's no Thanksgiving music, so no, like so. I, I'm I'm here to tell you, I'm kind of here for it. Like, you are. I'm kind of in on it. Like, okay. Um, I like Christmas. Like Christmas is is my favorite holiday. Christmas Eve, my whole life has been my favorite day of the year, and it has nothing to do with the gifts and the presents. I'm Italian. We do the feast of the seven fishes, and um, my dad and I had just incredible memories on on Christmas Eve growing up, but. Don't you think Thanksgiving is getting a bit of a raw deal when, you know, like I love the Christmas music. I'm good with it. I'm cool with it. I grew up with a little crush on Candace Cameron. So, you know, she's all over the TV now on on all the the Christmas movies. So that's not the worst thing in the world. Um, But but I feel like Thanksgiving is getting a little bit of a raw deal here. It's a little unfortunate. I would love to see a little more love, but. Thanksgiving, for what it's worth, it doesn't market itself as well as Christmas does, and frankly, that's something I think we're a couple too too many years late on that. Well, does Thanksgiving not market itself well, or do the the media and and that's all these debate. different things just not market Thanksgiving? Because I get it, we don't give out Thanksgiving presents, we give out Christmas presents, and um, certainly there's a lot of money to be made the more the more we get this Christmas stuff on, but. Um, I wasn't sure what to make of it as I as I uh, drove to work this morning listening to Reba McIntyre sing up on the housetop or up on the rooftop, whatever it is, with Santa Claus there. And, and I found myself not being able to turn it off. 
It's, and I was kind of, yeah. I was kind of into it. For me, it's a little hard because we're still wearing shorts right now. Yeah, it's, it's seventy, 70 degrees. degrees here in Lincoln. It's I'm, wonderful. I'm not ready to be in the Christmas mode. Once it gets to thirty one morning, I'll say, "Oh, wait a sec! It's only a few weeks away." Well, it was nineteen overnight, just probably a week and a half ago. But um, last year, before Thanksgiving, I think we got a snow. Did you really? And wow. so uh, I'm, I'm very thankful that my sprinklers are still running in my yard. <laughs> Uh, I'm still cutting the grass. That's my favorite summer thing to do. If I have a job to do is cut the grass. So I would love to hear our fans chime in here a little bit. Call us on the Honda Lincoln hotline at 402-464-5685. And let's talk a little bit about Christmas music on November 1, when we all know Christmas isn't until December 25th. So um, I'm sorry I went on a little rant there. That's what I usually do when I uh, I start the show. I have something on my mind when I come in here. Um, That's what we need to start doing. We'll, we'll open the show with Rocky's rant from now yeah, on. I don't really want to talk about hockey. <laughs> it, I know you guys are probably here to listen to it, but I don't have a whole lot of good stuff to say about last weekend. Um, and that's that's part of, you know, that's just part of the deal, right? Like, yeah. I'm super competitive. I hate to lose. Like, the more you get to know me, Joel, the more you'll know. Like, I, I just can't stand it. But I also see the value in it, right? Like, I understand the importance of um, we have to go through adversity and we have to we have to learn from our mistakes and all those buzzwords and cliche things that coaches like I say – uh, but they're real and and it's true and and so you know I'm sure we're going to be a better team for it because it gives us an opportunity to learn and and understand what we didn't do well and why it didn't lead to our success. But my biggest thing and and I always talk about our process and playing the right way. And if we don't get the results that we want, then then we can at least look and and we can pinpoint where we didn't do things right. If you're a results-driven organization where the only thing that matters is wins and losses, then you're not focusing all the, on all the little steps that get you to your success. And, and for us, we're focused on our, our process, on our daily habits and what we need to do to be better as individuals and as a team. And generally, uh, if, if you do those things, the, the score kind of takes care of itself and you win a lot more games than you lose. And um, you know, I, our process was not very good at all on Friday. Obviously we, we played a pretty bad hockey game is the, the most gentle way for me to put it. We got outshot almost two to one 47 to, to 26 or something. Um, we, we generated very little offense. We didn't defend very well. Um, our special teams were nowhere to be found. And then Saturday, terrible start, just not prepared. And, you know, I, Tri-City is is they make a habit of trying to score really early in their own building and and they did a good job of that they scored on the first shift we made a mistake we had a, a forward playing a rush against a line rush against ends up in our net we take a couple dumb penalties there's a couple more pucks in your net and before you know it it's three nothing with uh 14.59 left on the clock five minutes and one second and you're down three rip and and um you know you're making a goalie change and and you're you're getting up off the mat and kind of looking around because you got your lights punched out quick and and so you have to respond from that and I was really you know quite frankly pretty respond uh, pretty pleased with the way we did it now it didn't happen right away it's not like we started punching back right away it took another ten or twelve minutes before we kind of got something going at the end of the the first period and and into the second and I thought we we did some good things in the second still weren't really going obviously made a mistake. 
on a on a, a face off. Ironically, if you go back to the fourth goal, it was a face off. Mm-hmm. Poor neutral zone coverage, which you and I have talked about, yeah. led to a puck back behind our net and in the net, and then a mistake on a on a PK a little over a minute later, and all of a sudden you're playing okay, and now you're down by four. And and so you know, I was happy with the the fact that we kept punching in the third, but. Uh, we didn't get knocked out, but we certainly weren't winning on the cards that night. And, yeah. and uh, you know, th- those are lessons that you file away and you learn from, and, and hopefully you're better for it. 4-1 to one lost at Omaha last Friday, 5-3 to three at Tri-City the next night. And I felt like in that Omaha game, you talked about it, Rocky, there were things you didn't like, but I felt like maybe two or three of their goals were just kind of either fluky bounces, fluky situations, just the right puck lock that kind of led to goals. So despite you being you know critical and saying there were things we could have been better at, I felt like a lot of it was puck luck. You have a goal right out of the penalty box, one a, a sloppy turnover, another a face-off play, just kind of quick little things that happened that led to goals. So their first goal was off a of face-off, right? We didn't yep. – like, I, I will debunk your, your puck okay. luck myth um, and tell you where we made mistakes. And, and I also, just so you know, I believe you make your own puck luck with your work ethic. And and Omaha really earned what they got. Their first goal, they want to face off clean. We're leaning on our stick. We don't get out in time to block. They they step in and they hammer a puck and it's in the back of the net. Um, their second one, uh, Marcellus goes down, tries to to make a play to the middle, a play that should be ha- should have been handled in front of the net and it wasn't. Um, and it ends up right on their D stick. And and again, we don't block it because we're not in good position with our weak side winger. Two nothing. Um, we carry a puck into the zone, force a play, turn it over, lunge with our other defenseman, two on one with a forward playing a rush back. That was, yeah. uh, there's three, and and then we make a mistake on a turnover, which allows them to get a puck uh, coming out of the penalty box in a breakaway, and there's four. So, yes, on the surface, you are 100% right. They got some bounces. They did some things. We we gave them those bounces with some really poor effort, and they earned them with some incredible work ethic. How exciting is it to play them again, though, Friday? I mean, you you said it to me earlier today. It's it's nice, and you don't usually get that opportunity to bounce right back, but you're in the midst of a stretch of three consecutive Fridays in a row of playing Omaha. Yeah, I, I mean, our schedule is for the birds a little bit. Uh, we play Tri-City 14 times. We play Omaha at least 20, 25 times, it feels like. I don't know. Obviously, I'm exaggerating. But between those two teams, like, you're talking about literally 27 games or something. Yeah. Like, of a 62-game schedule, we play two teams, 45% of our schedule. I I don't understand it, but uh, that's a a different topic for a, a different conversation. But we'll play the teams that are on our schedule. We play Omaha. Uh, this weekend and and there's never been a time since I've been here where I've been happier to have them on the schedule um, because I want to be able to rebound I want to be able to use that as as some fuel and say okay like they they embarrassed you last weekend what are we going to do about it are we going to roll over are we going to let them do it again or are we going to we going to stand back up dust ourselves off and and get back in the fight in a, in a really important home game against a very worthy opponent you got to see Sioux City on Saturday after this coming Friday's game. And a reminder, make sure to make it out to the Icebox this Friday, 7.05 p.m. puck drop between the Stars and the Lancers for rivalry night. But then you get to see Sioux City for the first time on Saturday, defending Clark Cub champions. They've gotten off to a slow start. And in a way, it's a little 
complete opposite of how last year has gone so far, but they're kind of getting their legs under them recently. Are you glad you're getting them at least early on in the schedule like this? No, we we probably play them ten times too. So yeah. I mean, we're going to see them. Uh, we're going to see them a lot, and and uh, you know they they had a really good club last year, like really good. Obviously, they won the Clark Cup. We beat them six times. Um, we were six and three against them last year, and and so um, you know they also lost probably ninety percent of that roster. And, uh, you know, they, they, they do have some pieces back, some really good pieces. Uh, Garrett Brown, uh, the Duran kid, the Slowinski kid, or Slikinski, however you say his name. Um, they've got good players. They brought in good players. Um, Ty Hansen's an excellent player just coming off the IR. So, you know, they have a new coach. They have a new GM. Um, that's, a, that's a whole transition to a new staff new new rosters new system new structure like that doesn't happen overnight and and so they've got they've got a good coach there he's an experienced coach um they have an unbelievable gm troy ward uh coach in the american league coach in the national hockey league uh has been scouting for seattle i believe prior or vancouver excuse me prior to taking the job as the gm so um you know they they have they have the makings of something good there. It's just they're in a little tiny bit of rebuild mode, and and it's it's not rebuild mode because you they had really good players on their affiliate list. It just it takes some time to get those guys up to speed. And then it's really tough year to year. You do bring back a decent amount of players sometimes. Other years you really don't. What what are some of the challenges with that? Do you ever find yourself kind of frustrated early in a season because you know maybe you want to do stuff similar to how you did the year before, but the personnel doesn't really favor that decision? Well, you know what? In all honesty, I I battled back and forth this year on how I wanted to handle a couple things specifically as far as. Um, how we handle our D and offensively and everything else. And, and we, we try to be progressive with the way we handle the D. We want them to be active. We want them to be involved. Uh, that takes a lot of hockey IQ and understanding of situations. And um, I was really hesitant on whether I wanted to do that with such a, a, a new group on the back end with, with only Tony and Henry back and Henry, obviously still not back. Um, you know, do you want to introduce something that aggressive? to a whole new group. I, I ultimately, after consulting with Art and Mike, we kind of made the conscious decision that we were going to do it. Um, and, and so I think it's, it's been great in the sense that, uh, they've caught on to it quickly. I think it's been a disaster in the sense that, uh, they're not making the best decisions at times. Um, but in the same breath, like we believe in them and because we believe in them, we're sticking to it. And we're just going to continue to let them learn and grow and fail and, and become better for it with the hopes that the more that they have this comfort and this confidence that we, we want them to do these things, ultimately they'll they'll continue to improve and, and uh, it'll pay off for us when, when it really matters. What's it been like having Henry Nelson back? Obviously you mentioned him, Antonio Fernandez, big returners on the blue line from last year. Uh, he's just practicing right now, still a little ways away it looks like, but got to be nice to have him back yeah henry henry's probably i i don't know i'm not the doctor or the trainer but i would say he's probably still about a month away Mm -hmm. um as long as things continue to progress he's he's doing some stuff on the ice and um starting to feel pretty good which is great uh he's at the very tail end of of his rehabilitation for the surgery that he had but um now now it's it's getting back into shape 
Um, so I think functionally there's no issues, but there's a strength issue and a conditioning issue that have to be addressed. And, and he's working really hard on that. And so, um, <clears throat> but just to have him around, you know, Henry's always got a big smile on his face. You'll get to know him mm-hmm. here now that, that he's back. He's a, he's a goofy guy. And I mean that super affectionately. Like I, I really enjoy, uh, chatting with, with him and getting to know him last year and, uh, we talk about golf all the time. We were texting back and forth about uh, the Masters and all the, the um, LIV stuff and everything that was going on with the PGA Tour over the summer throughout the the course of his downtime. And, and so he's, uh, he's, a very, he's a very stabilizing presence for our room. And even though he won't be playing for a few weeks, I think his, uh, his leadership and, and veteran experience will certainly be a big help for us. One guy who's been out who just kind of got back into the lineup, Dashiell Oliver, made his season debut this past Friday. The next night, well, the first night he was as the extra skater. You talked about you were trying to kind of work him back into roles that would work well for him. The next night he's on the lines. Uh, no points or anything, though, from the weekend. Is he still kind of getting his feet under him? What would you like about what he brought to the team? His his pace is immediately something that you notice right away. He's such a good skater. Uh, he pushes the D back. He's able to to chip pucks and recover them first and extend offensive possession. And um, I just had a meeting with with Dash yesterday, and I said, "Hey, like you, you're knocking the rust off," and I know that. And so we have a really small sample size in regards to talking about you and and what you're doing in the games. My my biggest thing is I just want you to to be confident. You're 100 percent healthy. Uh, you're you're in great shape now. Like you're ready to go. It's just we got to handle pucks at full pace and 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 in traffic and and at USHL speed, which is impossible to mimic throughout the course of the summer as you're starting to skate again. And even as he's been skating with us, um, he's had a few weeks now of of uh, full contact practice before before jumping into the lineup. But um, there's still there's just something different about about getting into a game. So. I'm sure that he'll be he'll be back to 100% and handling pucks and making plays and doing all the things that we know he's capable of doing over the excuse me the course of the next couple of weeks but Dashiell is is somebody that's going to be a a huge part of our our club success this year and and definitely next year as well which is very exciting. I want to go back to Saturday's game and the weekend kind of one last time. There was a couple of moments Saturday that surprised me in particular. Michael Messick and Jimmy Joseph both got in scraps and uh, Rocky, maybe I'm wrong in saying this, but those were probably two of the guys at the bottom of the list of people I thought would get in fights. What did that mean to see maybe some unconventional options dropping the gloves just to try and spark the team a bit? You know what, I think I think sometimes guys get, uh, you, you look at a player and you look at the type of player that they are and maybe you think that, hey, that's not really a guy that's that's got that tough streak to him, but... Um, you know, I coached I coached uh, Michael's older brother Jack and mm-hmm. Amarillo, and we always used to say I had Jack at sixteen, and and I always used to say the day Jack turns eighteen, in the in the North American League, you're not allowed to wear a, a half shield under eighteen. I said the day Jack turns eighteen, he's going to put his half shield on and jump everybody on uh, during warmups. Like he's not even going to make it to the game. Like the kid just wanted to go so bad, and um, so I'm not surprised knowing that. Michael grew up with Jack. I'm sure he did some fighting as as he point. grew up because Jack's a he's a ball of fire and he's he's such a great kid always with a smile on his face. They're so so different the two of them. It's actually funny to to now coach Michael, but um 
you know, there's there's nothing that surprises me when it comes to Michael because I know that he's Jack's younger brother. Jimmy, I was a little surprised with. Um, <laughs> and he tried to lay a pretty big hit right before that fight. You know what? I, I appreciate what Jimmy's doing because Jimmy is uh, he's a guy that, that does a great job working hard in practice. He's learning. He's getting better. Um and he wants to find a way to, to to generate some more ice time for himself to get into the lineup a little bit more consistently. And and having that dimension in your game, you don't have to do it all the time. But the willingness is is something that certainly is a is a great thing for him to show. And and uh, you know what I think you know Jimmy's just such a super young man that uh, he's the type of kid you just want to root for and you just want to see him do well and and have success. He'll be joining us in just a little bit, as will Dashiell Oliver. As we mentioned, this is Outside the Box here on 93.7 The Ticket, chatting uh, Lincoln Stars hockey with myself, Joel Norman, and the head coach of the Stars, Rocky Russo. So, Rocky, one thing I've been keeping a tab on, and you and I have talked about it plenty, besides, away from hockey, has been the World Series right now. Have you been Yo, able what's to what's the score? Uh, the Phillies had hit three home runs early on in this game, oh, right before we started. I was going to ask you, do you have a rooting interest in this one at all? You have either, Which team are you pulling for? Well, I, I'll have to sleep in the yard if I say Houston. <laughs> My wife is is from Philly. I mean, okay. she's a... She's a yeah. She's a Philly fan for sure, and and uh, her sister and or her sister and her are always telling me about how they were at the parade in two thousand and nine and everything else. And so, um, when we go home in the summertime, their uh, her parents have a, a duplex that they share with another uh, couple on the other side. They live in the other half of the duplex, and and so they each have a uh, a deck in the back, and and that's where I like to hang out at night and have a. Uh, an adult beverage and a cigar perhaps and and uh their their neighbor frank is a beauty he makes homemade wine and um and he sits out back religiously every night with the tv on the table watching the phillies game it's pretty cool and so my my father-in-law enjoys philly sports and and so they're all rooting for uh the phillies so i will happily root for the phillies i i have a beef with the astros over the whole yeah scandal from a few years back i was i was pretty excited when houston won a few years back before they were tarnished um but uh i was actually way back way way back as a kid one of our family friends was uh drafted by um by the the dodgers and then traded to houston and so I, I, as a little kid, like a nine, ten year old kid, have Houston Astros hat and a hoodie and everything else. So, um, but uh, that's when they were the National League Astros. That's how far back that goes. Yeah. Um, now they're the American League team, and and so I'm happy to root for the Phillies. Uh, I would never, over my dead body, root for the Flyers. Obviously, <laughs> um, I kind of don't. You know, it's, it's cool that the Eagles are doing well. Um, because I, I'm really not a like I'm not a Pittsburgh sports fan. You said um, you were Penguins, but that was about it, right? Penguins and growing up I I loved the the Barry Bonds, Andy Van Slyke, Bobby yeah. Bonilla, Pittsburgh Pirates. Yeah. Like Barry Bonds is is my favorite all time player. People could chirp me all they want about Barry Bonds, but I loved him as a player. Back in 1990, smacking the leg when he was catching balls in in the outfield, and so um, I I was a Pirates fan. They're hard to be a fan of because they're just yeah. habitually terrible. Um, I'm a lifelong Pirates fan, and that's saying something. So, and you know what? God bless you. So is my brother-in-law. <laughs> um, 
you, you got to it's it's like being a Cleveland sports fan, right? Like it's a good comparison. The, now at least the the Indians have been pretty successful. They haven't won a World Series, but they've been pretty successful. I Browns mean, played well last night. Yeah, give well, him <laughs> whatever. I mean, the Browns, the Browns are the Browns ever since they left in the middle of the night for Baltimore, but all the way back to 97 when when uh the Indians lost to the the Marlins in the World Series. They've had a lot of success. Mm-hmm. Um, we can get into the name change. That's a whole nother ball of wax. But yeah. uh, but being a Browns fan, like half my family's Browns fans, half my family is Steelers fans. That's just how it is in Youngstown, Ohio. We're right in the middle. Um, so I kind of don't really care for either one of them. Um, I I would probably say I'd root for the line on occasion because I like to gamble a little bit. Well, I used to, I don't anymore, but, um, so, so I'll root for the Eagles a little bit. I'll root for the Phillies. Never root for those miserable flyers. That's all I needed to hear. That's all I needed to hear. We're going to take a quick break and we're going to have more in just a little bit. This is outside the box talking Lincoln stars hockey here on 93, seven, the ticket.